Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, what do you expect? What do you expect? I know that's a very vague question. I get that. I understand that. What do you expect to happen in your life? Are you are you sitting on the couch with a bag of popcorn watching life come at you? Are you having a tough life? Or it or when you think about where your life is going, you get nothing but question marks. There's uh there's the idea that life happens to you like you're an observer and and you don't have much skin in the game so to speak and then there's the idea that you create your life and um you're leaning into it and you have a plan and you have you're you're taking your consciousness and intention and you're forming you're crafting an idea a vision a dream perhaps of what your life could be what do you expect to happen are you are you aware is it clear to you what your life purpose is or do you even believe in life purposes you know, to put a little skin in this, when I was 35-ish, I thought I had it um, pretty clear in my mind. I'm a television broadcast engineer. I'm raising a family, living the dream, and uh, I'll click off a few decades. I'll retire, and that'll be that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about that sentence makes me chuckle because when I got cracked open, everything changed. And I started writing books. I started a podcast. I I started a spiritual journey. I mean, the, the idea of me being a spiritual anything back then was laughable to my understanding of my own life. And fast forward now, and I've I've had six plus decades on the planet, and I don't know what my life is going to be. And I don't say that as as like I've thrown the reins down on the horses. Like I've let go of the steering wheel, I guess perhaps I have, because I keep getting this this inner uh, inspiration. The, a recent one is my soul telling me to learn a new type of programming language, FPGA hardware programming. That's about as... Uh, <laughs> it really bends my mind to engage in a very complex topic, um, FPGA programming. And and yet I know there's a reason and a purpose for it. In other words, I've kind of let go of holding the steering wheel from my egos, from my ego's point of view. Like back then when I thought, well, I've got a trajectory here, and I can just get out a yardstick and draw a straight line, and that'll be that. How many people's plans got turned on their head in 2020? But now I realize my age is none of my business. My soul doesn't care. 
My soul really doesn't care what my age is. It's feeding me this stuff like I'm a 20-year-old. And I kind of like that. It makes my my brain pop new neurons and grow new neural patterns. So what do you expect? What do you expect your life to be as a trajectory, as a narrative? Are you trying to nail it down or are you trying to open it up? I'm excited for our episode tonight. The topic... Age isn't what it used to be, and our guest tonight is Dr. Frida Birnbaum. We're going to bring her on in just a minute. You, you know, I, I, I think there's something that uh, there's something that I guess I'd say my generation um experience that I haven't really seen reflected in the past several decades. One of them's leaving the front door open. I remember as a kid, I'd get up, not talk to anybody, go out the front door, go down the street, and I might jump in my friend's older brother's car and we go 50 miles and drive all over and come back and not come back home until it was dark. And my parents never worried or fretted that there was something wrong. There was an innate trust in the art of living. And, and one more thing before we get the show started, scale. The scale, the scale of thinking. I grew up with rocket scientists in my town. (laughs) Rocket scientists. We went to the flipping moon. That that was over 400,000 people working on a single project for a decade. 400,000 people working on a single project for a decade. That's what that's what the uh moms and dads were working on in my in my hometown. Scale. Uh a trust in life and scale. Anywho, I think we should get to it. I think we're going to have a great conversation tonight. Age isn't what it used to be. We're going to talk about Dr. Frieda's book, Life Begins at 60, A New View on Motherhood, Marriage, and Reinventing Ourselves. Dr. Frieda made headlines several years ago when she gave birth to twin boys at the age of 60 And despite being a psychotherapist who counseled other mothers for decades, she secretly wondered, what have I gotten myself into? Can I keep out, keep up? It turned out she could, and then some. Like so many people who take on new things at age 60 and older, Dr. Frida discovered a new lease on life. She felt more energized than ever, on most days anyway, to run after twins Josh and Jarrett. She parlayed the fame into TV and radio appearances. Her psychotherapy practice flourished. And as she reinvigorated her career, her relationships with her family, including her husband of more than 40 years, grew even stronger to be incredible mothers and partners. Dr. Frida believes women must be fulfilled and challenged as people first. I love that. Fulfilled and challenged first. The secret she discovered was to become, was to welcome growing older rather than fearing it. She is a research psychologist and psychotherapist in Saddle River, New Jersey, and the award-winning author of Life Begins at 60, A New View of Motherhood, Marriage, and Reinventing Ourselves. 
as well as What Price Power, an in-depth study of the professional woman in a relationship. To it, join me in welcoming Dr. Frieda to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. A pleasure to be with you and to hear all the wonderful things about me. But I know after speaking to you that you've accomplished a lot yourself. So I applaud you for that as well. Well, I haven't had two young boys at the age of 60. So I applaud you. Who has? <laughs> you. Well, you, you know. have. Well, I guess I have. Yes, you're right. Coming to think of it, I have done that. And uh, it wasn't that hard. It really wasn't that difficult. I didn't feel that uh, I was doing something uh, that was going to put me at jeopardy or them at jeopardy uh, long term as well. Uh, It's been great. And I'm blessed to have such beautiful uh, boys that are Socially, academically, uh, emotionally, uh, just functioning uh, at uh, a wonderful pace. I'm very blessed, uh, and I'm very lucky to have done that. But what's important uh, for your listeners to know is that I've always, uh, of course, I'm not telling them to do this. Uh, It's unusual, and I'm just saying that 60, life begins at 60, uh, is a time for people to see uh, that they can reinvent themselves. Uh, They can live their lives according to who they are. And it can be exciting more than ever. So the message is, and I've gotten uh, mail and emails from around the world, you're giving me a new lease on life. Yes, you can have a new career, a new relationship. You can move. You You can have a different image of yourself as well. So there's a time now that 60 has a meaning that there is something to look forward to. Uh, You are on the incline, not on the decline. That's really what's exciting uh, about my message. And that's why I said life begins at 60, because I could begin at 40 or 30. But 60 seems to be a number that triggers um, a discomfort in people. Um, anxiety in people for some reason. But you and I can vouch for the fact that it is an exciting... It is. Well, you know, I mean, how many people have kids when they're kids themselves? You know, they're they're barely uh, getting out on their own and they have kids. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with, with that. But as a parent... Um, you don't you don't have any experience being a parent until you are an, a parent. I hope that's a parent. And uh, and what what I like about your situation is you've got some skin in the game. You've been on the planet for a while, and and you've you've gone through a learning process. You've gone through the the uh, growing pain, so to speak, of life. And now with your perspective. And your your kids, that's a whole different dynamic. I would think that your experience will give you tools to be a parent, um, very very different than um, a very young parent. I would think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what happened uh, with this uh, age that I was bringing up? I already uh, saw myself as someone who was stable, contented, uh, having earned a good income, uh, was somebody who would connect in a positive way. So I was in control. So that really sort of gave me a heads up as I was older. And, of course, I'm not talking about 60, could be 40, uh, where people know themselves and they're wonderful parents. And there are younger people also who are wonderful parents. But there's a time for everything. So you don't have to rush of being a mother uh, or a father, and today with in vitro, uh, women can have children later as well, which is a good thing, because then you can go ahead and educate yourself or have a career uh, first if you want to set those goals, uh, and then have children uh, later. So for women, it's always been a question, a career first, children first, uh, relationship first. Today, it seems that anything goes. You can have uh, 
children first and a relationship. Uh, when I was uh, in my 20s, uh, having a career and a family and a relationship was unheard of. Uh, people did not approve that I did both. Uh, they felt somebody was going to suffer. My kids were going to suffer. How can I do that? But, you know, there was always stigma attached to me because I did what I wanted to do. And, uh, and because of that, I look back, and now it's common. Who is not uh, working and who is not having a career and who is deciding to have children whether they work or not? So things have changed. So you have to really go with your own, your own insight, not to look for approval, not to look for what society says uh, is right or wrong, because, look, 10 years later, things change in society. And then you can say and look back and say, I did it or I missed out because I wanted to be accepted. So that's one thing about getting older. You don't really worry so much about being accepted. You worry about accepting yourself. You know, never to have done something is a bigger problem than doing something and not having it work the way you want it to because then there's no question about it. There's no resentment. There's no regrets. And you keep going on in life with doing one thing, and then life is repetitious, so you do it in other ways with other things as well. And all of a sudden, things are working, and people call you lucky, but really you worked hard to get there. You know, you have to make yourself uncomfortable to become comfortable, and that's what I've always done. And sometimes I've lost friends along the way uh, because uh, they wouldn't do what I did, and they questioned uh, themselves. But what's interesting is a woman, I know that uh, my husband, who's an attorney, I was never asked the questions I was asked about um, where did I uh, go to school. Actually, I was accepted to Columbia, a very prestigious university in Manhattan for my graduate work in psychology. But, you know, it was a different uh, time, and it's not only the age, but your sexual orientation at that time, your gender at that time. So there was a lot of stigma then. So being 60 and having twins uh, was really received in an interesting way. People that were closer to my age, let's say in their 50s, applauded it. They thought it was inspirational because it gave them an opportunity to feel young again, uh, to feel energized again. And as you said in the beginning, you don't feel old. I don't feel old either. And I hope I don't look too old. And no one's ever called me a grandma with my kids. So I've been sitting in because the parents in the school system today are older. They're no longer their 20s or 30s. They're in their 40s. Women today uh, in their 50s often don't even tell their age. But kindergarten uh, children uh, often have mothers in their 50s. Uh, and, they, and they had children in their 40s. Uh, because of in vitro. So it's a mixed bag today. Things have really uh, changed uh, where age uh, doesn't define where you're supposed to be in your life. Uh, with career, with retirement, uh, with children, uh, with uh, grandchildren, it's all a mixture of different types of ages. It's not like it used to be 50 you retired, 45 you were grandparents. You were put into these slots where you're supposed to be. I know that my mother, when she was 40, she had a miscarriage on purpose because she was ashamed that she was old. Today, women are beginning to have kids at 40. So it's really something that the way society is looking at us and the way we're dealing with society is very different. It's a much healthier attitude where men are become, become nurturers, not only the women taking turns. And it's a bonding as, as well, having children shows. I can go on forever. If you, if you want to shut me up, just tell me to be quiet and <laughs> I'll stop talking. <laughs> just, no, just say, okay, no. enough already. It's my show. Let me talk. Well, <laughs> but anyway, no, 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 I don't want to no. give you – yeah, so well, you know the, men today are wonderful. Yeah. You know, the in, in the 50s, it, it was such a, a white picket fence idea of life. Dad's the breadwinner. Mom stays at home. Um, 
you click off a career, you retire. I mean, it was a really black and white view, really very much ingrained throughout the whole culture. And um, I, I think that's a little bit of blasphemy to the idea that there's some kind of a template that we're all supposed to fit a cookie cutter idea of what life is supposed to look like. And when people break that pattern, when they break the old narrative and perhaps have children at 60, a lot of times it ruffles the feathers of people who have a, a investment of their life with that white picket fence idea. And, and sometimes they push back with people who are breaking the mold, so to speak. Have, have, have you found that some people uh, seem intimidated by what you've pulled off? A hundred percent. A lot of people. I had to stop uh, my uh, calls. I had to stop my emails. Uh, the hospital, they had to have a, a special uh, person answering the calls for me. Uh, they had to hire someone, and I was taken uh, through a tunnel in the back. There was so much media blitz about me that I couldn't escape it. So there was a real uproar about this. So it's interesting that there was so much um, passion about what I did. So women uh, were... Uh, very much uh, in in uh, in connecting with what I did. Uh, younger women uh, were questioning uh, what I did. But the one thing that resulted from this was that what is age? Uh, when I opened the door once, somebody came to my home. He actually physically came from Germany. And uh, he said, where is the old lady? And I said, I guess I'm the old lady. So, you know, how do we look today? You know, I said, I guess I'm the old lady. <laughs> so, so, you know, I'm called the oldest. Now, if I was in Florida, I'd be young, but here I'm the oldest. But, uh, so, you know, what, what, is that, what does it mean? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, who are we supposed to be? Uh, we're comfortable uh, with how we see our lives and how people see us and what we do to feel connected uh, to the world around us, uh, to being uh, productive, to having a strong relationship. Uh, those are the things that really define us. Uh, age is going to be antiquated. It really is. And I was caught in Newsweek when Newsweek was actually a magazine. Uh, now it's online, I think. Uh, you know, ageism needs to be redefined. We need to redefine what that means because today people aren't really necessarily retiring. I mean, if you're not physically able to, that's different. But with that word retirement means that you're phasing out of life. And, you know, men uh, who retire in their 60s don't even live as long. I hate to say this. So you're going to live a long life. But also people who are married live longer and are happier. So that's also important to know. And I use the word marriage a little loosely today, but marriage is really the the best way to secure a relationship because there's going to be arguments anyway. But if you have that little piece of paper there, uh, you work on it uh, in a way where, uh, sorry, uh, you, you work on it in a way that you wouldn't work on it otherwise. Otherwise, you just go to the next person on the Internet, yeah. a push of a button or something, and there's a next candidate. So it's too easy today uh, to meet people. It used to be you were introduced, and you really there was something good, and it was worthwhile. Today, if you find anything wrong, then it's not worthwhile. But I'm, I'm getting carried away from myself. But what I'm talking about really is the different lifestyles that we have today uh, where you can really uh, have children later, but you can also live a life later that's different because you're wiser. You know yourself better. Uh, you may be able to be economically uh, more steady. Uh, 
uh, and have a, a, a better opportunity uh, to give to your family or have better experiences. So all these come into the mix. So it doesn't mean that it used to be um, you would be wiser, but, you, you know, uh, wisdom is wasted on the young, on, the, on your youth, in your youth. It's not the case anymore. We have the whole package. People are looking great, feeling great, energetic, living longer, and they're wiser. So I really feel that as you get older, you have more to offer, uh, really not less. I definitely do. I definitely have more confidence uh, than I ever had before. But then we have to eliminate, you know, what age means, what the words mean. You know, peak uh, should be instead of middle. Middle age means that you're in the middle, you went up, now you're going to go down. It's a down, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be positive. It came up and then down. Do you know that people who are 70 are the happiest of all the ages? So guess what? You have that to look forward to, really. People don't know that. It's like a kept secret. But as you do that, as you have that kind of insight, instead of fearing something, you look back every 10 years and say, I was uncomfortable. I was young. So do that to yourself. See what it's like, what you're doing, where you are in your life. And then again, you can always change your mind. You can always do something different. Life is long enough to get it all in, whether it's a second marriage, whether it's having children late, whether it's changing your mind, reinventing yourself. We don't sit in rocking chairs anymore. We're traveling. We're exercising. Uh, we're doing whatever it is we want to do. I mean, I started in the media when a lot of people said, ah, oh, it's time to, to stop. But to stop what? Stop living? What do you do? Uh, how many days can you go to the beach and go to Florida? I mean, I can't do that. You know, after three days, that would be enough. I need to do something with myself. So you don't have to fit in. That's really where we need to go. It's not about fitting in. It's about going ahead saying, what is it that's missing? What is it that I need to do? Then you have to find a way to do it. So when we're talking about women and men having children and then saying, I can't do anything now, well, you definitely can because women have always been conflicted. Should I have a child and then have a career? I have a woman like that coming to see me now. I said to her, why can't you do both? What's stopping you? You can have a child. She's an attorney. I don't know if she'll listen to this, but I'm not going to say too much about it. But, you know, she's an attorney, and uh, she's able to uh, have a career there and work, work with a great company. She could take a leave of absence, have a wonderful experience, get some help. Gloria Steinem, someone who was uh, with the women's movement years ago, maybe 40 years ago, is sorry she didn't do both because at that time women said you could either do one or the other. For some reason they made up this rule that made no sense to me uh, whatsoever. So the feeling I had all my life is what I went for. The feeling I had of discomfort is what I went for. And I did lose friends along the way, but that's okay. That's all right because those people ended up questioning themselves and changing their lives uh, because of it as well. So we need to keep uh, reassessing every five years where we're going, what we're doing. And if we keep repeating the same thing, then you have to change your direction because you're doing something wrong. If you're in a situation where life seems to pass you by, what are you doing? that you're not grabbing hold of it? Is it a relationship that you're letting go? It's hard. Marriage is difficult. Uh, not being married is difficult. Um, life is hard, but you may as well do something with it. You can get an education later. It doesn't really matter. Some people are late bloomers. That's okay, too. And, and go ahead and being what you want to be. So if you want to go to school to be an attorney, to be um, a psychoanalyst, uh, to be a computer scientist, whatever your enjoyment is, that's what you'll end up doing well in. 
give yourself that because you have many years ahead of you. We're living longer, younger. There's so many uh, situations where people are finding that they're healthier. They're at the gyms. Uh, they're at the board meetings. Uh, retirement uh, doesn't have uh, boundaries anymore. You can work longer. I have two patients that they're an asset to the company because of their experience. They're matches to the younger people. So they're not getting rid of, rid of them anymore. They really value them. Uh, people who have been in the workforce for a longer period of time because they're not physically falling apart. They have the stamina to, st- to keep up. So that's another option uh, if you want that. If you want to have uh, the lifestyle, if you want to have a career, then Zoom. You don't even have to physically be there. You can do everything, FaceTime each other without having to travel or take a plane somewhere. You can get everything done in such a way that it's extremely time efficient. The times have changed. Pandemic brought it up, out. But people don't want to go to pre-pandemic. They want to stay the way, way it is now. They love the extra time they have to spend with their family. Uh, instead of commuting, and I don't blame them. Why should they bother? And the expense of having an office and having assistance, all that is out. They don't need that anymore. So times have changed for the better in many ways, but with age as well, what's going on today in our society, it's making it easier not to have the, the hassle of traveling physically, and yet we can make a difference uh, in our different careers. So that's changed as well. So as we keep going uh, with what age means today, with in vitro, uh, women are having children later. And these uh, women who are having children later are having opportunities to be better mothers often because they know themselves and they can give to their children in a calm way. When you're younger often, now I have two sets of kids. I had them when I was younger too. When I was younger, I have, I have the most wonderful family. I always felt I was missing out because, oh, this is what I grew up. This is what I, I was taught, I was trained to do. That's it. This is my life. But when I got older and I had children, I already did all these things. So I was calmer. I was more contented. And I was more ready uh, to give more of myself. And my research has shown that women uh, who have children, preschool children and have not uh, fulfilled their needs or gone to college uh, are the most depressed because they don't have any kind of outlets, any kind of connections. And women um, who have to work are also extremely anxiety-prone as opposed to women who choose to work or who have nannies or housekeepers and who aren't home all the time with their children. So they feel the most guilty, the women who have to work. So all these things that come into play is a lot of pressure for women at any age. But as you get older and you've done a lot, uh, you don't have to worry about um, having to fulfill everybody's needs. You can do both. Am I making sense to you? Yeah, there's there's something that happens when you feel comfortable in your own skin, when you when you're not as worried about what other people think, when you when you um like you said, uh people leave your life and you know that's okay. And you know, in your bio you say Dr. Frida believes women must be fulfilled and challenged as people first. I really like the idea of being fulfilled and challenged. And I think a lot of our, um, a lot of the angst that people have over the past couple of years of so much change is they've kind of been taken back and, and, and they're, 
they've taken a step back in shock or whatever in that the 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 narrative of of society has has turned into a lot of turmoil and they no longer challenge themselves that they're um and as a consequence they've lost a sense of fulfillment uh, because everything seems to have been slowed down so to speak what does what does the um to to take on a challenge and succeed at it to feel fulfilled when you when you set a bar for yourself so to speak when you when you give yourself a challenge especially the kind where you really don't know if i mean it it might feel big or overwhelming and you have to grow through the process of fulfilling that challenge how does that impact people um, once they've done that as it relates to their relationships? That's an excellent question because in reality, if you have a void in your life, you can't outdo anything that's fulfilling for yourself or anybody else around you. So you really have to fulfill that void. What's interesting also is that uh, with my research, I sh- uh, it showed that women, after a marriage, uh, want to fulfill themselves. And men want to have a better relationship. And they look to seek out somebody else. And they get married quicker, believe it or not. So the thing is, you have to do, be able to take that void in the marriage. And you have to be able to follow through with that with one another to make it work. So your question uh, was more, was, uh, was not... Uh, revolving around that, but it just brings to mind uh, what's important and what you have to do uh, to move forward in your life. And that is, I uh, have uh, uh, I'm writing an emotional prenup about uh, marriage and age. And instead of having a contract, a prenup after you get a divorce, how to prevent a divorce and that also has to do with longevity because if you're not stressed out and you can go ahead and make your plans and take turns all through the marriage, uh, then the age of the stages that you are in the marriage will be less of a factor than how you progress and move forward with one another. Now, I know I didn't answer your question, so I'd like you to be precise I want to make sure, because I'm all over the place, that I'm no answering problem. your question. So I want to make well, sure I'm not well, skipping over it. Like, uh, I think when we engage individually, I know I related it to a relationship. So there's two mm-hmm. people in a relationship. When yes. When we challenge ourselves individually, learn to play the piano, learn to do this, learn to do that, and we grow who we are because of the challenges we give ourselves, it it invigorates us. It, and we become a different person. We evolve ourselves as a person, and that brings new energy, new dynamics into the relationship, whereas if um, we don't grow ourselves, uh, it can drop into like a mundane um, experience. So what would you say um, being fulfilled and challenged does to people as it relates to their relationship? Absolutely. You have to keep growing. Uh, you can't just say, all right, this is it. You know, after three years, three years or maybe less, uh, the romantic stage is starts declining. And but you does, it doesn't mean it can't continue to be fun uh, and exciting uh, and creative. Uh, so evolving in a relationship and changing is vital to you personally and to the relationship, to the marriage or the partnership as well, because. If you keep that up, then 
what happens is you keep renewing uh, yourselves. We don't know uh, who we're going to be 10 years from now. We don't know how we're going to change our mind with politics, religion, uh, with whatever that is. But if you keep evolving, and instead of being one with your partner, you're two, you're two individuals, bringing uh, yourselves to each other separately, that's what makes a marriage uh, successful, uh, that you can be independent of each other because women often become dependent and then blame the man for controlling them. But they're the ones that set it up. You know, it's interesting, there's a saying that a man marries a woman, a woman because he wants her to stay the same, and a woman marries a man to change him. And what really happens is the opposite. Uh, the uh, man stays the same and the woman does change, uh, basically, which is true. So that's really what's needed long term as you get into a marriage where you've been married 20 years, 30 years, and so forth. Uh, it, it becomes stagnant if you don't grow. Uh, it becomes stagnant if you don't support each other and take who are insecure will control and will prevent you from growing. And you have to watch out for those people because in the beginning of a relationship, it's a compliment. Oh, he's jealous. Oh, she wants me all to herself. But after a while, if you don't have your friends and family around, and this person has to tell you if you're right or wrong, you lose yourself. And that's what happens when women uh, have a divorce. They want to fulfill themselves. But they often set it up to be dependent on the man. And then they blame this very thing they did on the man. So we have to be careful not to put blame on other people, to take responsibility and to know that we can do it on our own. And that's one thing longevity does for you. It shows you that you don't have to be a victim. You don't have to blame. You can do it on your own because no one can do it for you anyway. Nobody knows what you want, even you. I mean, it's difficult for a person to figure out what they want anyway, who they are, what they want. I mean, I personally uh, always wanted to be in the media. And my mother uh, said no. And so when I was 18, I had opportunities because I was approached and asked. And I said no, because that's what I was taught. But in my heart, I got my PhD, I wrote books, um, I had these twins. But in my heart, I wrote this book before I had the twins, of uh, uh, Price Power. And um, I was interviewed before. So it wasn't because of the twins, but it never that the feeling of doing this uh, never went away. And by the way, most interviews I have, they don't even know about the twins. So that's not even why I'm being interviewed. My emotional prenup uh, has nothing to do with it. So it's just something that is inborn in you. And when you have that, don't let it go. Continue to hold on to it, because somehow, if it's important enough to you, you will find a way to get there. Don't be jealous of someone. You can be envious. There's nothing wrong with being envious, because if you're envious, you look at the other person and say, what is it about that person I like? I want to be like, oh, I like the way they look. Oh, I like what their profession is. Whatever that is. And then you can go ahead um, and you can fulfill that uh, on your own. So you don't have to wait as long as I did to do this, because I waited a long time. But uh, to just go ahead and to switch your, switch your life around, with, and no matter what way you do it, um, will be okay. You'll get there. You'll find a way instead of being feeling stuck. You know, the millennials really have the right idea. For them, time is an asset, more than money. I mean, the baby boomers used to feel it was money. Uh, but time, they'd rather have the time to spend with their family in their backyard than work day and night so they can get on a plane and travel somewhere. That makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of reality to this. My son 
I said to him, what would you like to do? He said, well, when I retire, I'd like to paint. So I said, why can't you paint now? Why do you have to wait till you retire? So the millennials have the right idea. They're not waiting for themselves to retire. They're doing it. They're integrating. I'm not saying they don't need the money uh, to pay a mortgage or whatever that is for their kids, but they could integrate both and enjoy a lifestyle without trying to have more stuff, more material things. It doesn't get you anywhere. Relationships are really what makes you happier uh, than anything else as long as you have your basic financial needs met. People need to know that. When you uh, when you look at your future, I mean, you're very uh, buoyant and vibrant. And how, how do you see your future unfolding? I see my future unfolding, uh, that it's going to even get better and that I'm going to grow even more, that I'm going to get to a place uh, where everything is going to uh, be where it should be. So right now, um, I'm a psychologist, a research psychologist on different shows, and I'm having hopefully people come and film me for this uh, emotional prenup where I would uh, set up a, a platform for people. Uh, he said, she said, uh, they are uh, going to stay? Are they going to leave with this contract in mind? What is the deal breaker? That's going to be an idea for a show. I don't know if it's going to hit or not, but that's where I'd like to go. I've had many different ideas for different shows, um, interviewing immigrants, uh, people from different ethnic backgrounds uh, that are living in all our, of our communities, how they're assimilating uh, or, or they're not assimilating. Uh, and I've interviewed uh, women uh, who have been oriented with male careers, and that's just fascinating for me. So things like that is where I would like to go to show people. Uh, and, and as I said, I've been on the radio with three million, almost 3 million listeners talking about discrimination and racism, and to see that all these people can make it instead of... Um, making uh, destruction and uh, poverty of the platform, but creating a place where people have been able to get out of uh, situations that were not good for them and succeeded uh, and done very well. I'd like that to be role models for other people uh, instead of the news and the shootings and the killings. Uh, and the gangs. I had somebody I interviewed, um, a CEO of a company, uh, and he was in a gang. Uh, people were killed all around him. Uh, he was in a, a, a neighborhood that was dangerous. Uh, so that's important to be able to see those things. So yes, so the answer to your question is yes. I see myself in the future having that kind of platform somehow. So if you could uh, tell the young people and perhaps young women um, how, to, how to let go of any idea of limits or um, tell them that they really truly can decide for themselves what their, their life would look like. I mean, what would you tell the, the youth today about how they could perceive their future? Stop trying to make everyone happy because the people who aren't happy, you cannot help. They have to help themselves. No matter what you do, they're going to be miserable. And it's not up to you. It's not your responsibility. It's not your fault. And I'm talking about myself as well. I have parents who were Holocaust survivors, and I wanted to make sure they were happy so I didn't do what I needed to do. And they were basically, no matter what I did, they were basically where they were. So that's an example to tell other people that uh, we can't just 
talk somebody out of what they're feeling. There is a need for them to be victimized. Uh, there is something that they're getting gratification in some way, believe it or not, from being um, miserable. So they need help, and you can't help them. But the best thing you can do is to be a role model. And instead of saying, uh, doing, children look at you with what you're doing, not what you're saying. And when you keep doing that, after a while, you're going to bring positive energy. If you want to help anybody, when you're in a good place, you'll be spreading this kind of energy to other people. They're going to want to be around you, and that's how they're going to do the right things for themselves. So go ahead, listen to yourself, don't look for approval, get started. People uh, often feel uncomfortable when other people are successful, but uh, I always say the more critical you are, they are, the more successful you must be, because that's what I found in my life. You can go ahead and know that if you want to follow your dream and you wipe out all those noises around you and the noise you hear is on a path, just keep getting on that path because in life, that path, you're going to be pushed off that path. There's going to be a lot of bumps on the road, but you get right back on that path each time and you'll get there. Most people do not do that. Most people stay off that path. Once they get pushed off, that they feel that this is where they're supposed to be. But in reality, it's the big things in life that are dormant. And the little things are urgent is what we look at, the errands, the day-to-day things we have to find. But our big dreams are pushed aside. And those are the things that we need to keep bring forward and not lay dormant because then they'll always be that way. So that has to be your priority, the big dream. And every day you go ahead and you do something towards that direction. And after a while, those little things you're doing, the phone calls you're making, the networking you find out, what to do about, that's going to add up and you're going to be in a different place. You're going to be in a better place. Very nice. Well, now now's the time to focus the attention on you. Tell us about your books, where we can get your books. If you have any services the audience would be interested in, um, go ahead and, and your web page, share that with us now, if you would. Thank you very much. Well, Barnes & Noble has my book. Amazon has my book. Uh, you know, I have a, a podcast, the Dr. Frida Show, F-R-I-E-D-A Show. I have a website, uh, Dr. Frida, F-R-I-E-D-A, uh, dot com. My email, if you want to reach me, is D-O-C-T-O-R-F-R-I-E-D-A at gmail.com. I think that's enough stuff. <laughs> I could give out whatever. I think that's, that's more than enough that anybody wants to know. Well, very nice. An hour can go by pretty fast. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight on the show. I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's been a pleasure, and thank you for asking such wonderful questions. We've been talking with Dr. Frida Birnbaum, and the topic tonight has been Age Isn't What It Used to Be. Her latest book, Life Begins at 60, a new view on motherhood, marriage, and reinventing ourselves. Reinventing ourselves. Remember at the beginning of the show, I asked you what you expected your life to be? Imagine reinventing yourself over and over and over again. I think, I think there's chapters in our life. In, in other words, we might feel like um, what we're doing is spot on and and we're in harmony with ourselves, and we're doing a particular service or work. But that doesn't mean that that's the trajectory, so to speak, for your life. I think our soul at 
uh, mileposts along the way have new roles, new narratives, new purposes for our life. And boy, howdy, 2020 is the proverbial rototiller in the collective subconscious of humanity. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if the vast majority of us get a new impulse, a new direction, a new narrative from our heart and from our soul that changes the trajectory of our life in these next few years. I, a lot of society did not serve us very well. We had um, so many stigmas, so many um, belief systems that didn't serve us, that didn't honor us. And the, the media is showing us a lot of incongruencies in, in, in what we perceive our future should be. So pay attention to your life. Pay attention to what the impulse within you is, is guiding you to do. And when it comes from your heart and your soul, your ego is not, not even in the ballpark to quantify, to vet, what your heart and your soul is showing you. Like I've, like I've said before, um, my soul told me to start writing books and my, my ego thought it knew better. (laughs) My ego thought that here comes this inspiration. Oh, hell no. And now when I get new inspiration, it's like, ooh, where is this going to take me? Ooh, what, how is this going to unfold in my life? Ooh, this is a new narrative, a new dynamic. And I don't expect that to end perhaps ever in my life. I, I, um, I see one constant in my life, and that's expansion the expansion of my consciousness, the expansion of my purpose. And when I show up for that expansion, invariably I feel fulfilled at a very deep level, at a very deep level. My heart, my soul, and my ego all feel fulfilled. How cool is that? I don't see it ending, and I, I'm not sure I would want it to. I don't, I don't intend to slow down at all. If anything, bring it, and um, we'll just see where it goes. I don't, I'm not stopping or retiring or any of that crap. I'm, uh, I'm leaning into it. I'm letting go and letting the vision of my life expand as I continue to show up for it. Hey, you showed up too. Here we are at the end of the episode, and here you are too. High five to you. Way to be. I like it when you show up for yourself because that's how you grow. When you grow yourself, you change the trajectory of the rest of your life. How cool is that? Well, we're out of time. Thank you so much. You've been listening to a New Human Living broadcast. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Let me ask you a question. How many times during today, this day, has your heart and soul had direct communication with you? Our egos, left unchecked, will easily consume all of our thoughts and consciousness as we go throughout the day where we really are living an ego-led life. But our ego cannot even comprehend the vision our soul has for us. If you want to increase your personal power, make space throughout your day for your heart and soul to inspire you. Citizen King, The New Age of Power is a book I wrote just for that. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. I appreciate it. Until next time, thanks for listening. 
Thank you.